Hi, I'm Jenny Copeland. And I'm Vanessa. And we're co-authors of Drive Through Success. So welcome everybody. It's Jenny here. I'm on my own. Uh, Gary and Vari have decided to go off and have holidays. Lucky them. Not together, I have to say, so uh, Gary's wife can, well, she'll know that he's with her in America and Vari's in Spain. So I'm on my own. This little preamble is just to let you know that the sound volume this week's going to be a little bit variable in places, although there's a good chance you may not even notice. Um, Once the podcast gets going, you'll understand why. So... This is week four. We're still learning. We're still improving, I hope. And this week you have little old lonesome me with a few of the regular insert material. So sit back, relax and enjoy. Good morning, everybody. It's Jenny speaking. I'm in my kitchen and I've bought a new piece of equipment, a very snazzy professional microphone. I'm really intrigued to see what impact this is going to have on the quality of these podcasts. Uh, If anybody's used these microphones, they'll know that you uh, hook up yourself with a pair of earphones. And... Uh, What I'm acutely aware of, because I am in my kitchen, is that every single micro noise around me is booming through my ears. So the dog's pity-patty paws, there's another dog barking in the garden. Uh, My breathing seems to be a bit of an issue. So let's see how we get on. This is week four podcast, and the focus this week is as per chapter four in the book. It's be careful what you wish for, because you might just get it. And I was kind of thinking of what would be interesting to share around this concept and principle. These weekly focuses actually are the 20 secrets of success. So in my 35 years of management and working with people and in my 18 years of coach practice, I've found myself continuously repeating key themes and concepts with clients and eventually decided to write them down and they became the intermesh of the book. So the 20 secrets of success are the principles that underpin those three key principles in drive-through, ask, action and actualize. So this one, be careful what you wish for because you might just get it. I think it's relevant because when I'm working with people and I, it brings to mind when I'm you know, working with children and You start off with that piece of ask and you'll know that we talk about have a vision. Make your ask something that's so powerful and exciting that it'll get you out of bed every day, that it will inspire, inform and inspire your actions. And you'll know when you're working on your passion, things are so much easier, but you're also, you tend to be in the flow and you tend to attract more easily and zoom in opportunity. So when I do say to people, don't don't tell me what you want from a, a what I would call an extrapolated, you know, I'm here, this is how much money I've got in my pocket, this is how far I can go. If you were planning your holiday on that basis, I'd probably get about as far as uh, Irving train station. The the question is if you were go if you wanted to go anywhere in the world, anywhere in the world and, and there were no restrictions to where you want to go, where would it be? 
And at the moment, the one well, one of the places uh, is the Far East and Australia. So my next my next big adventure, I hope, is going to be Australia next year. I'm saying that out loud now, so it will happen. Starting off from that premise of anything is possible and moving into the the ask. I'm then asked, well, so I have young, very young people saying, you know, well, I want, I want to be an England football player or I want to be um, uh, an Olympic 100 metre runner. And sometimes it's not for me to judge. That's for certain. It's absolutely not for me to judge. But I kind of look at people and think, what's the probability, given where you are now, given who you are, how you spend your time, how you live your life, your physical limitations, what's the probability that you are going to achieve that particular goal? So the be careful what you wish for because you might just get it is a a sort of a balancing to say, don't temper the dream, but be mindful that to achieve the dream may cost you more than you're willing to pay and therefore you may not manifest that dream. Or indeed, the universe may well present to you the conditions to deliver your vision, your dream, in such a way that you never expected. And that might be a wonderful thing, and that might be a scary thing. Uh, And I guess worst case scenario is that it may come to you in a way that you do not appreciate at all. So we'll look at some some of these options I think I've experienced all of them one way or another and that's probably why I consider myself to be in in part uh, able to talk about this. So I think the the aspect of this that I'd like to focus on though is the magic, the magical aspect of being clear about what you want, not attached to the outcome, open to your vision for yourself. Uh, believing that it's there for you and that it's possible and stepping up every day to do action that takes you towards that. And then at the same time, being open-minded, open-energied, open-eyed and eared to noticing opportunities and possibilities that may come to you that will indeed help you achieve that dream. I decided in my mid-30s that I wanted to be a professional coach and that I would like my, I guess at that point, probably my second career to be, maybe third career, to be coaching. And I started researching for uh, coach training organisations and came across Coach Academy and stepped up. Uh, made the investment and started training as a coach. It was much at the same time that this was happening that I had my uh, third baby, uh, young Aaron, and I was being exposed to ideas and concepts that I wasn't familiar with. And one of them was about uh, the goal. What's your outcome? What's your desire? What's your dream? What are you trying to achieve? And... I can remember sitting in my study at home and I was actually, Erin was an infant. I was pregnant when I went to my coach training and Erin was a small infant. I was, I was um, thankfully I was lucky enough to be able to breastfeed. So I was breastfeeding Erin 
maybe that's too much information. But anyway, I was I was feeding Aaron and sitting in my study and I had this wonderful vision of working as a coach, looking out, I wanted to live by the sea. I had this image of a white building, being able to balance my time between my family and my coaching practice. And at this point, there would have been no logical reason why that would have come about and happened. My husband um, was working in London. We had recently moved into the house we were in. We had two small babies. Gary was eight. Everything was, was working quite smoothly. And I was working for a blue chip corporate. And there was absolutely no reason to suspect that anything would change. But I was holding this vision and really passionately uh, I was coming up for 40 or I'd just turned 40. I really wanted this. I, I want I wanted to be independent. I wanted my own business. I wanted to be a coach. And the phone rang. It was uh, my work, my company. I was still on maternity leave. The person who was uh, now my boss was somebody that wasn't known to me. I'd never met them. I wasn't known to them. I was a name on a, a, a list. And I had gone from being a, a, a successful participant in my blue chip company to the woman that had had two back-to-back maternity leaves and nobody really knew her. And the administration had changed twice in the time that I'd had these two babies. This person said, you're due to come back to work in a few months. It would be good to meet, to talk about where you would fit into my new organisation. Code for do you fit into my new organisation? I arranged to meet him. We went along, we had coffee. And he shared with me that he knew that I'd been training as a coach and that somebody had suggested to him that I was thinking about starting my own business. And would I be interested in a redundancy package? So the principle of be careful what you wish for, because it may just happen, uh, for me was absolutely magnified in that moment. So everything I wanted was now possible because the redundancy package was very attractive and favourable. And yet at the same time, the fear and insecurity of stepping out of what I'd known all my life, which was corporate security. And nobody in my family had ever been self-employed. So I didn't really know about running businesses or I had no role model to to um, look up to. So it was a it was a really scary time. And it was one of those moments where you say, wow, you know, thank you, universe but I'm just not sure. So window one, ask. I'd like to start my own coach practice, please, and be independent and uh, live by the sea. Now, I still wasn't living by the sea. Window two, action. So I was training to be a a coach. I was practicing. I did have private clients. I did have people at work I was practicing on. And then window three, actualize. And Here was the opportunity presenting itself to me and giving me that moment in time to say, do I want to receive this in the way it's been presented? Or do I want to almost hit the pause button and say, hang on a second, let me think about this. Um, I'm not sure this is exactly what I wanted. I'm not sure the timing is right. 
I'm literally nursing a new baby. I don't know if I want to start a business while I'm a, a nursing mother. It's useful to notice that it's at this moment in the process that we probably get hit by all of our anxieties and fears and insecurities. And I don't think that's a bad thing. Uh, fear and adrenaline are designed really to keep us safe. So if we see fire, that probably generates a certain amount of you know, mild anxiety, depending on how close we are and how controlled the fire is. And that mild anxiety is reminding us that fire is actually very dangerous. And if we choose to put our hand in, uh, do it at peril. Those feelings and anxieties, am I good enough? Am I ready? Is the timing right? Can we afford it? That to me is all absolute common sense and due diligence. And I really would challenge anybody not to just jump. Um, I can remember... uh, I remember getting involved in a a business deal and thinking, just go for it, you know, jump off the cliff and the angels will save you. And as I was plummeting at full speed towards the ground, there were no angels flying in to save me. And as much as I can look back on that period of my life, and I consider that to be my MBA my uh, very expensive qualification in how not to do something. I, I've learned from that, that actually hitting the pause button, taking stock, thinking carefully before rushing into decisions is really important, particularly I think when you're working with law of attraction, manifestation, because it's so easy to just see everything as the universe. And anybody that knows me will know that I'm I'm saying that and I'm actually um, poking fun at myself because I, I'm constantly saying, wow, look at that serendipity. Isn't that fantastic? The universe. And, you know, it, it does happen so often and it is exciting and it is wonderful. However, uh, due diligence, always double check, check it out. Go with the flow by all means, but do so because you have a sense of confidence that it's the right thing to do. And if there is a downside, you can mitigate mitigate against the downside. I think that time I jumped off the cliff, it was such a huge risk. It was way out of my comfort zone and I had no mitigation uh, and it was, it didn't work out for me. It was probably, you know, on, in hindsight, I got lots of learning from it, but at the time it was, it was not, a good experience and therefore I wouldn't inherently advocate it. So on this occasion I did due diligence, I thought about the pros and cons and I decided to go for it. I took the redundancy, started my own business and I guess you could say in some respects the rest is history. The amusing part of it is I kept stressing about the fact that we weren't living by the sea and Again, be careful what you wish for because circumstances did change within a year and we made a very huge decision to sell up London and move to Scotland. And it's another one of those vision type stories because when my oldest boy was a baby, I used to read uh, Katie Morag stories to him. So if anybody is familiar with those books, it's about, they're about a young girl living up, uh, sorry, they're about a young girl growing up 
by the sea in Oban in Scotland. And there are lots of drawings in these books. And the drawings are very uh, reminiscent um, of where my mother grew up in Castletown Bearhaven in Ireland. And I used to read these to Gary and I just used to fantasise and romanticise about having a house by the sea in a very similar setting to where my mother grew up, but not in that setting, I would stress. Somewhere like it, but different. And when, and I used to say to Gary, you know, one day, one day we'll have a house like that and we'll live near the sea and this will be our life, a, a more rural type countryfied life rather than living in in a, the city. And when Rob and I came up to Scotland to look for, for property, look for houses, we went and saw various different houses, some on, far, some on farmland, some on housing estates. And I saw advertised in the newspaper a house and hadn't really made the, the, the connection. But there was just something about this advert for this new build that grabbed my attention. So the two of us jumped in the car and drove around to the development and we drove round the corner and I just took one look at the the site and the plot and the house. And I was a bit like, um, is it Andy in Little Britain? I was very much kind of like, want that one. And the salesperson was a, a bit shocked that we literally walked in, put a dot on the map, left to check for a deposit and said, that's our house with such confidence and there were two things about it. One is that it actually is almost identical to the houses in the Katie Morag books, although I'm not sure I consciously made the connection at the time. And the second thing is that the house that we have has a, a stone wall as opposed to a brick wall or a or a wooden fence. And again, when I was 15, I remember making a commitment that one day when I, I would know that I'd, I'd know that I would, I'd become successful or I was successful because I would live in a house with a stone wall. Random, random, random. But I think these are the the threads of decisions that we make throughout our life that help define who we are and guide decisions that we make consciously or non-consciously. That's that's another example. Be careful what you wish for. The uh, it was it was never in the plan. It was circumstances that drove the decision and we we drove and those circumstances, I have to say, weren't particularly favourable uh, and it forced us to reevaluate our life, where we were living and we sold up and moved to Scotland and, and where we live now in this kind of Katie Morag style house is 10 minutes from the sea. I don't look out of my window and look at the sea, that'll be next. But we are living near the sea, we're living near an island uh, and so many of those conditions in that dream that I had when, so that would be 24 years ago where I used to read these books to my son and vision and dream about how I would live my life in years to come. So two, two examples there of be careful what you wish for. One, holding the dream and out of nowhere coming the opportunity for the funding to start my business. So positive, but but with it, fear, uh, excitement, opportunity, anxiety. 
And the other one, the fulfillment of a dream that probably wasn't overly explicit, but a dream to one day have a house near the sea, near the island and, and recreate a lifestyle that was more reminiscent of uh, freedom and community than the one that I was experiencing in London. So I think I'm going to leave it there this week at that point. I'm really mindful of the fact Vari's not here with me today and I'm conscious of the fact that Vari's Be Careful What You Wish For story is, is really quite strong and helpful and I'd like her to share that with you. I'm also going to invite my son to talk about his new venture, Pixels Cafe, and 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 for him to reflect on how this has come about through a combination of him holding a vision and a dream and bringing him to where he is today on the brink of uh, launching and opening his new venture, Pixels Cafe. So that's going to be the theme for the next few podcasts. For today, I'm going to say thank you for listening. Remember to visit us at drivethroughsuccess.com. And if you want any information, have a look at the show notes and you should be able to find everything you need. So once again, thanks for listening and I'll look forward to talking to you again next week. Bye now.